Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And this song indeed is appropriate for our next guest as we uh, head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline and welcome back to the shore. Orders now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. He has literally or is about to be everywhere on a ridiculous uh, trip right now. We welcome back to the show Edmonton Orders Assistant General Manager Brad Holland. We saw Brad in Montreal uh, Saturday or no, Sunday and uh, Brad was in the game uh, here in Detroit or against Detroit last night. I think he's heading out of town. Brad, how you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good. All right. So, uh, are you comfortable letting people know, like, what are you on about a like a 15 day trip or something? Like, what do you got going on? You know what? I think it started as a 15, and it might have evolved now to an 18 day trip. Basically, when we went to our meetings, our pro meetings, um, and we started this process really in training camp of identifying um, players that we thought would become available, drilling down on them, getting to know them. Um, and then you go into your meetings and you, you, you speak as a group and you find out where you're at and your manager tells you, you know, I've spoken to this manager. This is what they want. This is what they need. And then after that, it's really a month sprint, month-ish sprint to the trade deadline. And that's where we got together as a pro staff. Even some of the other people in our organization have jumped in. And you want to put as many eyes on these players as possible. Like, I think before the deadline, sorry, before our meetings, you can do more video, you can look at statistics, you can kind of understand the player um, as a whole, but now it's all about putting eyes on these guys in the buildings because you can see things that you just don't see on the video and in the numbers. All right, so you're on an 18-day roadie, is that right? Yeah, I, I think I, I, cut it, I cut it off at a 19 because my son's birthday is upcoming, and I told my wife I'd be back for that. But for Valentine's Day, I sent her flowers, and she sent me a glass of wine, and I didn't even finish it. I was watching the late game. I woke up at about 2 a.m., turned the TV off, and went to bed. So that's – but you know what? This, this is the fun part of year. And your listeners, I was a fan way back in the day. This is an exciting time. There's a lot of bad news out there, but there's a lot of interest. And this is an exciting time to do what I do because, you know, you're, you're trying to upgrade your team to take a run at the Stanley Cup. And sometimes these moves you make here in the next couple of weeks can help you do that. How much, so when you went into those pro meetings, Brad Holland, Oilers assistant GM joining us, he's director of uh, pro scouting for the organization. When you went into those, did you guys research the past? There's an old saying, right? Those of us that forget the past are forever condemned to repeat it. I don't mean to sound like Jim Jones, suicide Guyana here, but that's what it said as you went into, right? uh, You went into uh, the aftermath of that, but the reality of the situation is you do have to have some cognizance of, of prior history in terms of the impact of t- potential uh, trade deadline deals. Did you guys do any of that? 
funny you ask that. Um, in fact, I have it up for me here. We did some, some spreadsheets. Everybody likes to remember, you know, Butch Goring as the final piece of the puzzle. And that's always the one that, you know, people point to as, look, you make an impactful move and then you go on your dynasty run. Um, last year, we had Brett Kulak um, and, and Derek Broussard. Small tinkering moves that I think really helped us. Cooley, especially in game six against L.A., was phenomenal. He helped us get through that series. So those little tinker moves, I think, are more, they're more important than people think. Last year, Colorado wins the Stanley Cup. They bring in Arturi Lekkinen, uh, Josh Manson, Andrew Cogliano. They win the Stanley Cup. But the reality is there were seven other teams that really pushed in, including us. I would say we pushed in. But, you know, Calgary, Boston, Tampa, New York, Florida, seven of those teams didn't win the Stanley Cup. And they spent significant assets to try and do that. So even the, even the biggest, splashiest moves is no guarantee that you're going you're gonna to win the Stanley Cup. Like if you look, in 2022, Colorado wins. 2021, Tampa adds David Savard. And these are the impactful moves. And, not he, the, and he was you know, third pairing that year for them. Exactly. 2020, Barkley Goudreau, Tampa. 2019, St. Louis adds Marco Scandella. 2018, Washington adds Kempney. 2017, Pittsburgh adds Ron Hainsey. 16, Justin Schultz. 2015, Chicago adds Kimo Tiemann, Antoine Vermette, um, and DeHart- DeHarden. Uh, 2014, L.A. adds Marion Gabbert. 13, Michael Hanzus in Chicago. 12, Jeff Carter in L.A. Some of those are important moves and, and added significant pieces to maybe the top six. But I would argue 80% of the teams that won the Stanley Cup made a small tinkering move where they identified. And that's what our pro meetings were really about. We wanted to identify where we can get better, what can help us, how we're going to improve this team and give them the best chance. Because I think everybody knows, I'm comfortable saying it, we're in the window. We want to win the Stanley Cup this year and next year and every year we can. Well, we have two of the greatest hockey players of their generation. We know that this is important, but I think that you know people can confuse important moves for big moves. Where I think, and, I, and, I, and then we talk as a staff a lot, sometimes those small things, you know, Tampa adding Goudreau to their third line, um, these are the ones that, that really have the impact. So we're trying to, to, to lengthen out our roster, make it better, but that doesn't always mean it's a big splash. Well, I mean, it's interesting. You look at Florida, right? They added Giroux, gave up a number one in Tippett. They added Sherratt, gave up a number one. They ended up getting, they won a playoff round, which was important for their organization. They ran into Tampa. No, uh, you know, no failure in that. You're going against the Lightning, and they've been, let's face it, Brad, they've been the model. Julian Breezebois is a cold-blooded assassin as a general manager. <laughs> he is ruthless, you know. There are people that think Matthew Darsh, the former McGill Redmond, is the next best guy to be a GM in the league. Uh, but Florida, you know, moved two number one picks and did not get past Tampa Bay. Now they don't have the number ones. And, oh, by the way, they moved to number one to get Kachuk in a deal for Uyghur and Huberto, and their team doesn't look the same this year. So I I, I guess – so here I'm going to – now, you can't – let's just say there was a – uh, a right shot defenseman that was having a, a Norris Trophy cal- uh, caliber season with analytics that defy logic based upon the, I'm not naming any names Eric Carlson and uh, you know you can't but 
you know, at, at the end of the day, you got to make a lot of different things work. And, and some might say from their organization's perspective, and, you know, and I know you can't say whether or not you've had talks or not, but the reality is, I guess what you're ultimately saying is sometimes it's the subtler moves, not the bigger name moves. And we're seeing maybe some of the bigger names move in the offseason, Brad, are we not? I think that's true. I, I, I think that the offseason is a, is a time, like at the trade deadline now, you have, say, 10 to 12 teams. Like last year, eight teams pushed in. Let's say you have 10 teams this year that really want to make a significant addition. Well, at the draft, you're going to have 32 teams willing to make a significant addition or change their team in some way. So at, what, if you're a general manager and you want to um, move a player or, or acquire a player, you want to have the biggest market you can. So that's why generally those big, big moves, they, they happen in the offseason when people have time to take a breath. Um, the ones that happen now, the trade deadline, um, it's really market dependent. It is, you know, where are you in the standings? Where are you in your, in your arc? Where are you in your rebuild? Um, which players on your team are unrestricted free agents? Like, a lot of these things come into play so you're really juggling a lot of different factors when you, when you determine to try to add your team. And if you, if you add the wrong player to your team, or, or like you said, subtract the wrong players, you can, you can do more harm than good. I, I think this team, you know, I, I, Bob, I listen to your show all the time. You rattle off stats. We're first in goals against since Christmas, first in goals for, I don't know the exact numbers. Right. But this team is playing exceptionally well. We have a core of players now, I think, surrounding our two generational superstars that are really adding to our roster. I mean, you look, um, Derek Ryan, one of your favorites. He, he helped us win a standings point last night. We're getting contributions from up and down the lineup. You know, our young players are stepping in. Our veterans are playing really well and mentoring our younger players. And if you add a player to your roster that pushes out the development of, of say, a Philip Broberg, is that helping you or hurting you? And I, and I think the more they play, the better they get. The more you develop an identity as a team, um, that's why I think these smaller moves can help you. They, more than even the biggest splash, because if you drastically alter your team or your team chemistry or you know your power play or your penalty kill or even your lineup, you, you can end up you know changing yourself into some problems. All right, Brad Holland joining us, owner's assistant GM. So, uh, since Jay Woodcroft's coached the team, number one in goals for it, number one in the power play. The power play's been great for four years. We haven't seen a power play yeah. this good in 30 years in the NHL. We should recognize scoring's up. But we're not we're not just talking two generational stars on the power play. We're talking Nugent Hopkins, who has been an elite power play guy in the league since he's come in. So the power play is special. Uh, defensively, goals against, I think, under Jay since a year ago, roughly to the week. I think the Oilers are 12th in goals against, but there's one area that's been hurting for me, and that's penalty killing. They're 18th in the league at penalty killing. Now, I think DeHarnay helped a bit from a shot suppression perspective, Brad, but are there analytics and stats out there that would show and support that there could be forwards potentially to get that would be relatively inexpensive, subtler acquisitions that could, like, are there actual real hard data to support the seen good look that's required when you guys go in for the viewings? We, we have a, quite a few that we look at. Um, I have a favorite one. I don't want to tell you. Can't give away all my secrets. Okay. But there is one that I do generally enjoy looking at when I'm trying to evaluate, what I'm trying to, because it's very difficult. Hockey's, 
moving a million miles an hour already. Um, when you get four guys on the ice and they're zipping the puck around the perimeter, it's really difficult as guys are changing their assignments, they're, sw- they're swapping back and forth. It's difficult to pull out who's doing what. Now, in addition to it, I spent some time in Edmonton this week. I talk to our coaches all the time. Coaches scheme differently on the penalty kill. And they will, you know, video now is so prevalent. They will know the power play coming in, and they might change some things. So it's very difficult to determine, you know, the, the raw skill, the raw penalty killing skill. Like there are things, you know, intuition, speed, um, these, these kind of things can't be taught. And, and obviously players have, you know, different amounts of those things. But we generally like to think here, I, I think we've done a, a, a good job being patient. Vinny DeHarnay has, has been a great addition to our penalty kill. Um, our goaltending early in the season um, struggled. That's, that's gotten better. I think as a group, they changed, our coaching stats changed some things from earlier in the season, and it's been better since then. So it, I think it's constant tinkering to try and add to that. Um, and then, you know what? It's the penalty kill is something that you're always trying to add to. Because if, you're, if your special teams are one, top ten in both, you're going to win a lot of hockey games. Which is what happened, in fairness to Dave Tippett back in 1920, Brad, as you know, he was number one in power play, number two in penalty kill when we got shut down by the pandemic. So Brad Holland's joining us right now on a uh, lengthy roadie as we speak. Uh, how, by the way, how many different guys you got out right now? You said it's not just the pro scouts. So are guys like Keith Gretzky and Steve Stales helping out in that regard right now, taking in some pro games? Yeah, and then we have... You know, our coaching staff's always looking at video and they're and they're and they're talking to to Ken and 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 we and Ken is great. We have you know a weekly call. We I, we talk daily, but we as a, as a as a large group, we try to connect as many times as we can. And Ken's giving us information. Look, I talked to this manager and he's he's talking about this. And then as as we get closer to the deadline, some teams that think they're in now could be out later. So that's going to evolve. So it, it, I think it became important to make sure that we're not just, you know, checking boxes, that we know these players better than anyone. I think that's, that's all part of the process. Like, like, I, like I mentioned early on, we, we try to develop a process in training camp by which, at this point, we're just confirming what we already know. There's no way we should be learning anything substantially new about these players. Um, you might find little tiny things in the viewings or, or in talking to people or just in general um, but for the most part, the work is done. Now it's about confirming what, what you think you know and, and making sure that the addition you make helps your team in, in an area that it needs help. I mean, some teams have drastically different needs than we do. I mean, we went through, um, in our meetings, we went through every team that we thought was going to be a buyer and tried to identify what they wanted. And it was, it was very different. Some teams need goaltenders. I think we have two goaltenders that can win any night. We don't need one. So everybody's going to have a different fit that they're looking for. And as you kind of get closer and closer, that fit, I think, kind of gets it, – it, it crystallizes to where we're going to know, okay, we have four names in this area, four names in this area. This area is the most important, and that's the best name. That's who we're going to get. All right. So what do you think – so we know you don't need a goalie. What do you think you need? Well, you're all, I think you always need depth. I think that's, that's an important thing. I think um, you mentioned it. Our, our, our offense, our forwards, our, our, our exceptional scorers, driven by two unbelievable talents. 
Um, you can always you can always lengthen out your lineup. But you know what? We've had we we've we've had some real additions. Um, and you know, by virtue of injury, you see who you got. I mean, I remember when Yamamoto and Kane went down, we were able to call up. We had good depth. We were able to call up Yanmark and Costin, and we've gotten significant contributions out of those two players. And now, you know, Kane comes back. Yamamoto's coming back soon. Now we have a better idea. We we know we don't need to go find something there. So, I think you're always looking for depth. You're always looking to to shore up areas maybe where you where you need but you also don't want to block a player that's having a good year and is doing good things i mean you watched last night i thought i thought costin was fantastic you know good assist on the the tying goal but outside of that he was he was he was just he was carrying the puck with authority he was he's he's a player that that is he's yeah and you know what we wouldn't have known that if we didn't get injuries and we might have made a trade to to replace that position but now we know okay, we've got something going here. This is a player that can help us win. So I guess it's a long-winded way of answering your question. What do we need? We need to get, I think, a little deeper, and we need to get, we need to give this group every opportunity to win as soon as possible. And I think that's where we're going to try and be as specific as possible by identifying our weaknesses and, and adjusting to them. Brad, I look. Uh, I know this because we've talked separately before. Look, you grew up in Detroit. Your dad was the general manager at that time. Those Red Wing teams were really good. You even were on a line, I think, at one time at a development camp or something with Pavel Datsuk, who was a tremendous player. You've referenced Connor and Leon, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. Detroit had great players. Lidstrom was a great defenseman. How do you compare McDavid and Drysaddle to the guys in Detroit? Well, you know, no disrespect to, to, to any player. You're talking about some of the greatest hockey players in history. But I was in Montreal the other day. I, I don't watch our team very much. I find that when I watch our team, I I get honed in on our team. <laughs> so I can't help but watch these players. And I actually said after the first period, I can't remember, Connor and Liam did something spectacular. And I, and I, and I, I looked over, I said to, to, to Ken, you know, you can watch them on video. You know they're great. But when you see these two do what they can do, it almost defies logic that they can, they can see the game the way they do. So those Red Wing teams were, were, were spectacular teams full of their own generational players. And maybe it's just recency bias, but I've never seen anything like the, what, what these two can do. There you go. Brad, get it done. Let's make some ads here. I think you got people pretty excited. Well, I know you are, Bob, and I want to get you something to talk about. So we're going to do what we can do. All right. Hey, uh, maybe we do this uh, just after the trade deadline. How does that sound? That sounds good. And you know what? When you when you brought me in, you introduced me to with Stomping Tom Connors. I like that. You ever think about giving your guests like like reliever introduction music? <laughs> yes, I have thought about that. <laughs> we'll start talking. <laughs> All right. Uh, how much longer on the trip, by the way? The road trip. How many more? What do you got? Another week or so? No, no, no. This one's been going on. We had our meetings at the end of um, oh, wow. uh, January, so it's been. I've been. On, I'm, I'm nearing the end. And then actually, I go back for one day, uh, my son's birthday, and then I go back out, um, and I'm gone until after the trade deadline. So I'll really for this month, month of February. I think I'll be home. I think I'll be home. Three days. Do you know how happy my wife would be if I was only home for three days? <laughs> Thanks, Brad. My, 
<laughs> Talk to you soon. Thanks, Bob. You bet. Uh, 125 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott. Brendan, thank you for jumping in. Uh, we'll take a quick timeout. That was Brad Holland, Oilers assistant GM on Oilers Now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, you just heard Brad Holland, who grew up watching the Red Wings, say he's never seen anything like Connor and Leon. Uh, guests and orders now receive gift cards to Japanese Village for 50 years. Edmonton's destination for a celebration of the census reserved today at jvedmonton.ca. Multiple locations in the Edmonton region to serve you. And cars cost less than Wetaskiwin, Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin, well-known for their top-shelf service department. They don't forget about you after you purchase a vehicle. You can call Uncle Milt Rich Johnny and let the team at Brent Ridge Ford make you a repeat customer. 780-352-6048. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford Truck Authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. To the Oilers now, prospect report for Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace, reface. Back at the 630 Gen Studios, here's Brendan. 76 points on the year now for North Bay Battalion forward Matt Vey Petrov, the 19-year-old, continues pacing Oilers prospects in scoring. It's a second straight year with a torrid offensive pace. Sixth round draft selection in 2021. Maybe a diamond in the rough here. Reed Schaefer certainly slowing down recently. No goals since January 20th. 6'4", 220-pounder. Just shy of a point per game. 36 of them in 38 games in Seattle. We mentioned Raphael Lavoie again. He's on pace for a 20-goal, 20-assist season down in Bakersfield. He's got 12 and 24 points right now in 36 games on the farm. All right, quick update. Jay Woodcroft has stated that Kyler Yamamoto will be uh, playing tomorrow. He says he's back. He'll be in the move. He says a roster move will be made to get uh, Yamamoto back in the lineup. Uh, yes, the Pugliarvi did not skate uh, today. I don't know what that meant, um, but we'll tell you the orders did not place anybody on waivers. I guess in theory, the Oilers could move a guy to LTIR or conversely, move a couple players down on ELCs. Keep that in mind as a potential option. And uh, special thanks to Hart Levine from Puckpedia for educating us that. It's 1.30 at Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with John Shannon when we return.